The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. This is Jordan Grace, and you're listening to the Social Suplex Podcast Network. BWB, this is One Nation Radio. You better get it right. Rich Ladder, James Boyd came to give him life. The blackest wrestling podcast has come to kick all ass and drop it six feet if they kick it trash. Word, let me welcome y'all to something different. And if you dig it, man, you should let some friends listen. We be getting it in this on the regular, dude. Ravish and flow, but this shit rude. See, James don't rap, so I had to break it down. The whole network, man, we coming for the crown. Rap. In the columns, I keep them both covered Making the beats too, so the listeners can bump it Hit us with the rating, yeah, I'm saying it's a five Before you hit it, talk, bob your head side to side It's One Nation Radio, and this is the beginning It's Rich, and I'm here with James It's time to listen to One Nation The power of This is Mike Sempervivi from WrestlingObserver.com. Check me out on Wrestling Observer Live every day. And also check out your boys, Rich and James, on One Nation Radio. Uh, This is Kenny Omega. We're listening to One Nation Radio. Check it out, guys. These guys know what's up. Big Kenny Omega fans. That's all it counts to me. Goodbye and good night. Hey. Welcome to the August 8th edition of One Nation Radio. This is Rich. What's going on, everyone? Thank you guys for tuning in. What's going on, James? Not too much. What's going on with you, sir? Oh, nothing much. I see, Just... I see, I see, I see you done got yourself in a, a little bit of a of a, of a of a of some beef or a tiff or whatever you want to call it. I can't call it beef because that man does the barbecue thing. What's going on with you and Jim Ross, man? Oh man, you know me. Um, know how to lure him in on Twitter. You know, any anytime I got a point to make or, or somebody tweets some you know foolishness, uh, I'll go get the ass. And you know, it's it's always a uh, badge of honor when uh, somebody falls into said trap. Um, so I guess I want Jim Ross is doing like some type of question and answer deal on his Twitter and. He had answered a question, like, someone asked him about Hogan. He was like, he'd still be, like, you know, a massive draw or whatever. So, uh, and, you know, with the right, you know, type of protection as far as, like, you know, overexposure and everything like that. I didn't want to hear about none of that, bro. Like, I, I wasn't here for it. So, I promptly hit uh, OJR with that go season some food. Um, you know, the, 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 the David Dennis special. Look it up if you don't know what I mean. But, um, yeah, and then he wrote back, excuse me? Like, you know, he was just befuddled. Yeah, okay, so... One, he's wrong because, like, a major draw, like, how, how in the fuck is he a major draw when, one, he can't wrestle, and two, like, we do have that whole run of, of when he was on TV in 2014 or, or whatever else where, like, he didn't... I mean, he jumped ratings to an extent, but it wasn't like, you know... This this isn't the this isn't the Monday Night Wars like the acquisition of Hulk Hogan is not nothing. You know, that was you know, <laughs> that was that was twenty years ago, sir. Um, yeah, and then but, I but yeah, I pretty much but, clarified yeah, from there. I was like, you know, Hulk Hogan isn't any more of a draw right now than he was in two thousand fourteen, um, especially yeah. with you know that that's quantifiable or anything you can measure on, especially for some of us and. Uh, I didn't hear any more from Jim Ross, so I don't think he wanted that smoke. Um, I didn't get blocked or anything, but, you know, of course, I got the ass heads in my mentions. And, you know, I, I handled and swatted them down like like nothing. Um, <laughs> so it was uh, I, I even got a guy that looked like a bot. He had one follower. And, um, you know, <laughs> you got, you got, 
hold on. You got people with single with, with one with single digit followers uh, coming at you, bro. Yeah. So so what I did, oh, oh, I made you know, sure you not. Know that ain't number to say. I you made know that ain't number to second account. Yes, I made sure not to engage with, with that account, but I screenshotted his dumb ass and then <laughs> he didn't put that shit out and then said, "Man, the bots came at me, at me early on this one." So. um what else? Um, had another guy that was I, asking, "Who who am I?" I was like, "Are you the cops?" <laughs> like, like, like you don't need I to know me. I didn't know that Russia was out here uh, was out here on the lookout for Oklahoma like that. I had no idea. Yeah, you learn something new every single day. New yeah, shit out here. Happening at flyover country apparently. Yes. Um, what up, Caleb? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Caleb, uh, you know Impact is. Um, gonna be happening tomorrow night i've been watching their show i watched it last week it's a fun show but uh if you guys want to check impact out uh thursday night we've got uh four big matches i think three of them that you might find really good uh, they got eddie edwards challenging austin aries for the impact world title and if, if you've seen anything with austin aries lately and i i don't know if you caught this i might have talked about it james briefly but i feel like he's doing like a rick flair impression and I, I don't know, it's a thing like an undersized heel champion that's like beating people with wrestling that you kind of get that, but it was like that him that match with him and Moose was kind of like Ric Flair leading around Lex Luger, but like that's, that's what I felt like it was, but um, Eddie Edwards is challenging him. They've got Pentagon Jr. and Matt Seidel going at each other, the Desi Hit Squad against Taji Ishimori and Pete Williams, and then Tessa Blanchard and Alicia Edwards. One thing I like about Impact that they're doing is you you're gonna get four matches that are like you know either like good or you know regular or good um and then you know it's just promo segments like that are built around those four matches so um i don't know if if you're gonna check that out james but i'm just throwing it out there i think impact's doing some good work right now so the more they they do the more they'll earn on their way onto the show so it's pretty much like the original kiss not keep it a strong style, but keep it simple, stupid. <laughs> you got it, I man. Mean, okay. I mean, I appreciate that, like, you know, like, for all the stuff that, you know, all the stuff that Vince does on the main roster um, that falls by the wayside because, like, he's doing, it feels like he's doing way too much. There's too many, there's too much stuff he's trying to juggle and, like, stuff falls through the cracks. Like, that's a, that's a really, you know, simple storytelling, you know, mechanism to try to keep things all just all together and keep it all in place so nothing is left behind so and it that, sets that, up that's, for stuff I, I like I next to week because that's that's too we appreciate it and that's you know that's kind of how we are with nxt where it's like easy to follow presentation is not trying to do way too much and it gives you really good wrestling so like if that's if that's what they you know that's what they're going for then like i might have to you know check in more often um, also, this weekend, uh, we had the NFL Hall of Fame, and James, your guy, Randy Moss, was inducted, and uh, nobody's guy, uh, Ray Lewis, was also inducted. Pastor Ray was up there. So oh, what, what were your thoughts on that, seeing as how, you know, I'm, I've sworn off the NFL, but I, I caught a little bit of some of those guys' speeches, but the NFL isn't really my thing anymore. Yeah. I mean, if this was, I mean... you, I mean, we both grew up in the time where, like, this was the Hall of Fame class for us, like, of the guys that we grew up watching, like this is probably this is gone. This is the greatest Hall of Fame class that we're going to see of our generation of guys that we grew up watching or whatever. So like they have, they have. Oh, Rainbow Tio got in too. Forgot about that. Sorry. <laughs> I just said Tio got in too. How did I forget? Yeah, well, you know, he didn't show up. He, you know, he went rogue on him. Uh, yeah. But like to have, but to have the thing in the Hall of Fame class to have 
T.O., Randy Moss, the you know, two of the five greatest wide receivers of all time. Possibly the greatest um, stand-up linebacker of all time is not a pass for Shereen Lewis. The, probably maybe the most athletically gifted uh, linebacker of all time in, in Brian – I'm sorry, Brian Erlacher. And then Brian Dawkins, who's one of the best safeties of his era. Like, that was – that was great. It, 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 was, it was fun. Uh, so, but, yeah, like, it, it, was just, it was really it was really cool to see Randy Moss not forget, like, what happened to him early in his career. Or early, early in his life, with like everything that happened there, and that fight that happened in high school and everything, and and then talk about like you know, it kind of get to a point where like he's kind of past the part where like he always hated dealing with the media, and he wasn't the type to go back after saying what he said. Like I said what I said, I'm not going back. You gonna write whichever you gonna write. I'm not gonna come back and write and try to fix it. I don't care. Like that's I don't care and, then, and, I, and to me like when I was growing up I was, you know that was my favorite athlete used to think like just go back and try to fix this like go back and try to fix this <laughs> but you know because people hated his guts for so for being you know relatively harmless like but whatever like it seems the people most people that came around which is kind of weird because it's like I'm looking around it's like why do people love Randy Moss so much when they hated him for so many years like from 2000 honestly from like Probably, like, the only year he wasn't hated was, like, his first few years in the league. And then, like, once he scored at the water bottle on that ref in that playoff game, it was a wrap. And then you get to the Patriots thing, and we're like, you know, things are cool. But, like, between that little time, like, probably 2002 and 2000 – no, 2003 is, like, the only year where, like, it wasn't a huge cluster – or 2004 was, like, the only year it wasn't a bunch of cluster, a huge thing where it was always some type of huge thing where, like, something gigantic happened. And then after he had that through that whole year 2004, like he immediately goes on and does the moon thing, and then does the straight cash on me. I might shake my dick. <laughs> Man, I was gonna say it. Yeah. Damn, I was gonna say next time, you know, uh, next time I should just shake my dick, you know. <laughs> yeah, but just to move on, like you just it was just so funny to see like all of that country in there, and to see like it's really interesting for a state like West Virginia to have to have a rainy moss to produce a rainy moss, right? Like that is not a state. That is not a state that's full of uh, football talent because of the size of the state and also the demographics of the state, and a lot of stuff with the education system in that state for uh, the people that look like Randy Moss. So, for the to produce, be able to produce him and also be at a, be at that school with like oh, there's also an NBA player at that school at that time. Like that's really rare. Like that's probably that that's probably never gonna happen again, right? But for him to make it all the way through there and then. Like, to give you all the West Virginia country out there being a guy that, like, literally, like, he felt like he, he I mean, he, there was a real, real, like, you know, tension between the state of West Virginia and Randy Moss, like, leading from the time he was 18 years old until the time. So he's like you know, Gucci Man. Yeah. What do you say? So, so he's like Gucci Man. It's like the state versus oh Roderick God. Davis, you know. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so, like, to come to that part where he, where he gets to the point where he says, and for all you know, for for my for all my fellow West Virginians, t- tomorrow at four thirty, you know you know you country when you don't when it's not a mall, it's a town center. I'm gonna be at the town center at four four thirty on Sunday. I'm gonna be at this town center so y'all can see this yellow jacket. Y'all can see this gold jacket. So I, I was just like, yep, country boy, definitely. For sure. and, uh, <laughs> Ain't playing and then Ray well. Lewis, and then Ray Lewis did you know the most Ray Lewisy stuff of all time, which is just. He's, bro, do you see his jacket after you got done? No. He sweat through his Hall of Fame jacket, Rich. Well, it, he it's... He wasn't... 
uh, it, he wasn't no. at the podium, Rich. I know he this man was walking podium, around like a wire with a wireless mic, like he was TD Jakes, like he's like he's Janet Jackson or some shit. Yes, or Beyonce or Madonna or some shit. And then, um, you know, it, it's a miracle that it didn't rain, or else it would have been bad for Ray. He wouldn't have only sweat through the jacket; he would have leaked on the jacket, if you know what I mean. Um, <laughs> with that beige in. <laughs> This dude, Ray Lewis, with his shoe polish hair, haircut, came up there and said that the city of Baltimore's crime went down when he started playing. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I think that's a good place to leave it, man. <laughs> He's stopping crime, Rich. He's fucking Batman. Crime stoppers. Unbelievable. Well, you know, that kind of falls in line with his previous stance, you know, because there's <laughs> nothing else to do, James. There's nothing else to do, you know, you know, evil lurks. And I'm not talking about New Japan, what you may call crime, you know, you know, Ray touched the city, bro. <laughs> but yeah, man, make sure you guys are uh, rating us high on your platform of choice. You know, we are an independent podcast network and our budget comes from your word of mouth at the moment. The only way we're going to reach more people is with you guys' help by sharing the show and rating it. Make sure you guys check out all the other great shows on the network. The Outsider's Edge with Ranson Carl, the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show, Keeping It Strong Style, wrapping up their G1 coverage, I believe, next week. And Grown Men Watch This Shit. But we're going to be back with uh, lots of news on everything in wrestling this week. Meet me at the town center. Next time I just shake my dick. Next thing we got to talk about today, and it ain't a whole lot for us to really go into on Monday Night Raw because there is a whole bunch of trash, and I just don't feel like talking about that. So what I'm going to talk about is some of the important things. We're going to start, obviously, with Ronda Rousey versus Alicia Fox, and I have a lot of thoughts on this. Like, for one, the whole setup to the entire thing drove me insane. Um, It came after 11 p.m., which there's no excuse for that, um, especially with how the ratings look. Um, with it being people trying to get people to tune into the show, um, if the way they promoted it, I felt like it was a dead giveaway that it wasn't going to happen. So there was no reason for people to really stick around until the very end. Um, the nonstop, over the top promotion of it with the special graphics uh, heading into what felt like every commercial just got on my nerves in just a skin grating way. It's like, you don't do this for anyone else. Stop. And then, you know, the, the ridiculous Alicia Fox character rewrite, like she was this, some legend that, uh, Rhonda was about to wrestle. And, you know, that just highlights the problem. Like if you take care of people when everybody isn't looking, quote unquote, you don't have to shine them up the way that um, they kind of did uh, when, quote unquote, the people were looking. So it would just be okay, and it'll just go a lot better, and there won't be such a disconnect. Um, well, I will. I will say this, right? I will. I, I, they absolutely, absolutely, Rich. They absolutely tried to put over. Alicia Fox more in those 30 seconds or four or probably you know, like four minutes than they had done over Alicia Fox entire like decade in the, in the company so that's absolutely true but there is one thing like that match was probably supposed to be Mickey James originally and then they kind of got stuck because she's hurt or something like that happened to her so and it kind of they were, they were stuck in a bad position it was like either we you know we kind of do want to give y'all a Rousey match on TV so, like, 
you know, I I probably would have tried to find somebody better, but that's what they went with. Yeah. <clears throat> at, least, at least she was somebody that was like, you know, physically, you know, taller than her to make it look like she was a real ass kicker. So maybe, you know, like that kind of helped. Yeah, they... Kinda. Yeah, it, it just it was really weird, bro. Like the uh, we, WWE, like you know, you said in the past, sometimes they're as subtle as a gun with how they want you know <laughs> things to get o- get over, and it's just like they're just begging you, like just it's like, bro, we already like Ronda Rousey. You don't have to do this. She's proven herself, and all they're doing is like just making me be like. I can see how somebody would just be turned off with how over the top they are with the promotion of it and everything like that. It's like, you know, it was very stiff, not going to front. I like stiff wrestling and all that. Um, And I don't think, I don't think it was necessarily a good match. It wasn't really designed to be good. It was three minutes long. So, um, and Ronda Rousey is at a way higher level than, uh, than this showed, I feel like. And if you haven't, like, seen the match with, like, Nia Jax, like, and you only saw this, and you're like, what's the big deal? No, go watch that. This was not a reflection of her. And I, I you know, I think it was like, all right, I'm, I'm not just about to be like, oh, yeah, it was great. So it was just like, it was what it was, and I think they just need to just keep it going. Let her fight someone else next week. How about that? What did you think of the match? I, mean, I kind of feel like you might want to uh, have her wrestle like once a month. Um, like, if it were me, I would suggest that she like wrestles like once once in the build up to a pay per view. Like, she wrestles on pay per view, and she wrestles like one one match on TV between that, and that's it. Like, that's the most you get of her. Um, but because you know they got to do a lot of you know when she goes to from month to month to whoever is next the next bum of the bum at of the month you want to call her um, that she's going to be going up against like they're going to have to do a lot of like work to build that person up because they haven't built these women well over the past you know few years so they're going to have to get you know try to build something though that meantime between time with her on TV so like they're going to have to they're going to do a lot of work outside of the ring first to try to actually make to keep the Rousey thing special and you know that that's probably for the best because you lose a Rousey you lose to a world you know you lose to a world champion shoot fighter ain't no shame in that you being a, a you know a fake fighter you lose you move on and you kind of have some because you were on tv and got the time to and then you get to move on to what it would hopefully be the quote-unquote mid-card uh section of the women's <laughs> uh of the women's uh program on raw if they were to ever invent one so, Another issue I had with it, and I feel like people were like pulling their hair out that I didn't say it already. They did all that building up of Alicia Fox just to bring her out to Alexa Bliss's music. If that's not the biggest <laughs> slap in the face uh, for somebody that's been there for 10 years, as y'all said, that's a former champion, as y'all said, that is actually going to be doing the fighting. That's absolutely ridiculous, James. Yeah, I agree, and I thought the same thing, but, you know, they, they, that's how they do things. So, <laughs> like, if you want to hit Alexa music, cool. Um, have her have it do you it think, just how they did can, it. Bring her can. ass out first, and then you bring Alicia right. Fox out with her music. But Alicia right. Fox's music is so terrible. Maybe it's a win-win. You know? I, yeah, I mean something. I mean, I know. And the other part was like, it's kind of like no judge week weekend to Joey. Like, you know, they didn't want to go any further on the overrun by going another two minutes with Alexa Bliss's music. You know. Kind of got to, you got to, got to take care of that. You know, got to be, got to show some uh, discretion with that stuff. Yeah, um, be responsible with it. Yeah. So, besides that, uh, any any final thoughts on the match, James? 
okay, so at the end of the match, there were three judo throws in like yes. quick su- succession. The first one of those three, I thought that Alicia Fox's lights were out. Like she threw her so hard against the fucking mat, bro. Like it was like it was like one of those where like they go to the back or whatever. Or this was like a longer match. Uh, Alicia would have grabbed a hold and been like, "Calm the fuck down." Yes. <laughs> like you, or been like, "Look, why don't you just reel off and throw him as hard as you can?" You'd be like, why? Because there ain't no way you, because you, because you, because your fucking punches or your fucking throws are killing me. You're like, you may as well. There ain't no way you, ain't no way you throw me any harder. Than you already are, Cause, bro. I, I, it was some real basketball dribbling off the ground type of thing. While the way she threw her to, nah, on that you, first throw, you know what it was like. It was like when somebody gets crashed in football to bring it back to the top of the joint, and, and they get up real quick. That's what I felt like Alicia Fox was doing. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Next thing on deck today to talk about is Paul Heyman. Now, this dude showed up to Monday Night Raw looking like he had he had not slept in a week. Rolling, rolling, rolling word to Jackie Chain. Uh, thank you for filling me in with that information, James, so I can make my joke go over better um, <laughs> as I re-recorded this. Um, <laughs> but, but, yes, man, Paul Heyman showed up. You're supposed to tell him that you messed up. You're supposed to just, just run it. You know, I, I believe in transparency. I just don't believe in letting oh, y'all God. hear, you know, the, the mistakes. So, um, yeah, man, uh, Paul Heyman looked like, you know, he looked like he'd been through some shit. And he showed that he's still the same Paul Heyman that we always knew him to be. And that's absolutely great. This guy came out here and had a look in his eye that is almost indescribable. And I know this is a podcast where we're supposed to describe those things, um, but that's why I have James here. Um, who can probably tell you, um, you know, how, how Heyman kind of, you know, he's, st- he still has it apparently. Okay. So the best way I can describe it is like, have you ever seen somebody that you would describe as broken? Like, like almost like their life was destroyed. Like, Oh my, Oh, I caught my wife. Like, Oh, I ran in and I caught my husband, like fucking my sister. Like oh that kind of God. like destroyed, like, like oh like, you know oh my love of my life is going to prison forever for like for <laughs> for some blue for, for some type of blue collar crime right yes like it was like that like it was like something like something devastating has happened to me and I don't know like what I'm going to do next and I've been but I've been thinking about it for like a full week but I still haven't come up with any good explanation any good like scenario to move on like he looked just broken aimless and and just. Just hurt, very much hurt, very raw about it. Um, like, what I'm I mean, shocked at was when he said Brock Lesnar, um, you know, wasn't answering his phone calls. I'm shocked Brock Lesnar had a phone. You know, I thought you had to yeah. like send that via carrier pigeon or something like to where you know how Brock be ducked off in these streets. You know, like the people sending him like via telegram. Yes, you have to literally like, send, gotta, send that man letters, like, and it takes him like, four days to reply to you. <laughs> Well, I, I would say I would imagine he has to have technology because you imagine like Brock Lesnar sitting down with pen and paper to write. Brock Lesnar's still reading magazines, bro. I mean, yeah, but that's not the same thing as you know. Nah, man, Brock has a has an old school typewriter. Like he's not writing on pen and paper or anything. He has an old school typewriter that prints the paper right out the top. 
you know, does his typing he's or he has Sable write that shit up, you know, however. He's earned his him away. Yes. He's earned him away out here. Okay. Yes, out in the woods. I didn't I didn't know that Bright Lesnar was that literary. Look. I always figured, like, look, there are two guys that were, like, I saw them reading, and I'm kind of upset that I saw them reading because it, it kind of ruins the mystique for me. And that's Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns. Wow. If he had told me that, it, I, I was on the assumption that both of these dudes were illiterate meatheads, and they were awesome <laughs> ass pickers. And that's why. You know, and they all fed into the aesthetic of I, what I need to read for. I got these rich, and what I need. <laughs> you can describe to the readers what I mean, or to listen to what I mean by these. So these, these are hands. These are hands. Yes, when you hold up both fists yeah. right in front of your face, these. Um, mm-hmm. I, I imagine when Brock Lesnar gets a letter delivered, it takes him a half hour to walk to the mailbox, like <laughs> to <laughs> drop it off. Like, <laughs> like he's way the fuck out there. <laughs> but yeah, okay. man. Like, seriously, it doesn't. And I'm the only one that thinks it feels weird when I see Brock Lesnar wearing a shirt with sleeves on it. I, you know, when you have the guns, you know, what's the point? No, but I'm saying like, like when he wore, he wore that suit to the to the uh, Cormier fight or whatever. It's like, bro, what are you doing with a with a proper shirt on and and and, and jacket? Like, they, nah, bro. Like, I expect to see, I expect that man to be Kevin Owens out at all times, Damn. sleeveless, just always cut off. Heyman was great, um, and he was. You know, the opposite of what we've been saying with Heyman, like he's just, you know, using dated material and just the same old shit that, you know, has been going on for a couple of years with him, like quietly. And he, he broke out something completely different here. And I think he just was trying to remind everybody just who the fuck he is. Yeah, I think I think it was really good how he stepped out of his element at, or out of the routine of Brock, him and Brock Lesnar run to the ring. He talks and says, "Reigning, reigning, undefeated, undisputed. He's going to conquer, kick ass. Brock Lesnar going to do this to this dude. He's going to rip his head off with his teeth and then feed it back to the dude down his neck <laughs> and throat. Like so, I thought I thought it was nice to get out of that pattern and get into something else. And I mean, there's been a long pattern. Like Rich, I think you were the first person ever. I ever heard say that you were tired, you were kind of like Brock and, and, and Heyman's like their whole act is getting stale. And now you say this like over a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago. Yeah. Maybe before the, maybe even, maybe you said that even before the Brock, the uh, Goldberg thing. Yeah. I think you were saying that. I, so I, I think that is the time. Yeah. Yeah. And I never, and then like, you know, his stuff was still good, but like it got to a point where doing WrestleMania, uh, like, he worked so hard for one of those promos and like it just was not connected with the crowd. He was trying his ass off to get it to work. And it was like, yo, they might just like this might have already of course these we need like a change or he's go away for a minute. But like this is a nice change and like honestly, given the work they did with Roman um on on Monday, like I think, you know, I think they're doing a pretty good job with, with what they're what they want out of Roman right now, uh, so far. So you know, I, I feel like it's thumbs up right now. Do I think that means that they're, they're going to be spared from getting booed the fuck out of the building um, in Brooklyn um, come next or two week or Sunday next week? No, or two weeks from now. But like, at least they're in a better direction than they've ever been with this whole thing with these two. In the word, in the words of Tony Montana, no, fuck no. <laughs> Let's go away from Monday Night Raw for a minute and talk about the A Show SmackDown Live. So, <laughs> so James, in your two weeks back uh, watching, uh, you know, Raw and SmackDown, what are your impressions of the two shows? Um, my impression of Raw so far has been that 
it's a three hour show and they're not really sure on how to fill it outside of their top two stories so they throw out um, long matches that aren't necessarily good um, to try to fill time between the other stuff that they have on the, the two stories that they are trying to tell on the show that's, but that's just two weeks but that's what it seems like and then Smat and then Smat on the other hand is very promo heavy as well but they're the the one they have at least one or two matches that are better than um, anything any of the long matches that they did on Raw and I think that part in part has to do with the fact that like Baron Corbin sucks but <laughs> we will get um, to him later yeah but uh, overall top to bottom the promos are pretty much all on point like there's not really any um there's not really any segments where it's like, oh, Mojo Raleigh's in the geek locker room, and then Bobby Roode is in the geek locker room, and then they insult each other, and then they start brawling inside the geek locker room. Like, there's no segments like that, really. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we had AJ Styles cutting a, a great babyface promo. Um, I do think, however, there is a huge disconnect in how the Universal title um storyline is being handled in comparison to this one this is just like some random thing they pulled out of thin air rather than in trying to manufacture something personal rather than actually you know taking it there and maybe that's a function of them quote-unquote trying to crown roman reigns uh again but it seems like the creative energy from these uh two feuds couldn't be more different would you agree with that james uh do you, do you are you asking me like are they doing a, do you feel like they're creative team is doing a lot more to try to get this over on the raw side than the smackdown's counterpart is that what you're asking me yes i'd agree on that however i say that if you ask me between like what they've done between what what roman has done on tv what and what uh brock is on tv is is that better equal or less than what joe and um and aj have done i would say that joe and roman joe and aj because of their their strong promos like they've done better work so far Right. So but, in the pro, but it's, been, but it's also been a lot simpler, a lot more simple over approach too. So in that promo, we just go out and talk. Yeah. Like you jump me, you jump me one time, and then we go out and trade promos for week to week. So they they pretty much had AJ addressing everything that uh, Samoa Joe was talking about, and AJ essentially was coming out here like, "You damn right." You know, like, like I'm a family man and all this other stuff, and you know my terrible, he, he ain't do all of that. My, my terrible accent. Oh, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. They had him talking about you know his kids, and you know they played everything last week, and he pretty much told Joe that you ain't gonna be able to walk out of SummerSlam, bro, because you ain't gonna be able to walk at all. And I that was one of the like the, the one of the toughest babyface lines that I can remember in recent memory that that just went over like in a real good way kind of remind me of of that you know that Bret Hart I'm gonna beat you brother I just hope that you can live with it like <laughs> like <laughs> what would yeah, you think I, about AJ's promo I I really enjoyed it like I enjoyed it so much that I thought like they've done and it always it, 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 I guess it's like a, a thing in my mind where I always think about like what have they done with the guy that they're trying to make the top actually the top guy or, or is the top guy and they're trying to like get them over constantly and which where they work so hard and so hard so hard and sometimes like they don't even try to simple stuff like we remember they did the roman commercial with uh with like the actor that played that played his little girl and it was like a it was like a father father have a fatherhood commercial whatever else from years ago when he's out there wearing like like true religion jeans and shit <laughs> so 
like I thought about that and I thought about this promo to AJ Cut and how how like how sincere he came off and how and how like you know how he actually is a reflection of like what the fans are watching at home like parents the what they deal with of like you have a family you do everything you can for this family including like and even if it's like a job that like you miss birthdays you miss all this other stuff like to be able to provide for your family like you still do it because that's that's what it, that's what the responsibility is of, of, of being a parent in that moment or being a husband in that moment and I thought to myself like Roman is Roman by all accounts is a, is a, is a loyal family man himself why in the world haven't they thought of this before for a few <laughs> Um, they him. they, they, like, they like, did do one thing with 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 Roma's family one time. Yeah, but that was just like that was such hot shot type of shit. Like that was almost like like that that picture of the daughter like he's gonna like Bray Wyatt was gonna kidnap his daughter. Like that was some real like that was some real hocus pocus hot shot shit. Yes, that was some real like what you gonna do? You gonna do a home invasion? Come on now. <laughs> oh man. Um. But yeah, man, AJ and Joe, I think, uh, you know, the promos have got me a little bit more excited than where I was at. Um, I've just got PTSD, as I said, from the Styles and Nakamura feud. And I'm just like, I'm, I'm proceeding with caution with everything that has to do with AJ right now. Uh, and, uh, and giving him a chance to impress me rather than, you know, uh, expecting so much greatness. But I'm just like in a weird state with AJ right now. So, <clears throat> um, but, you know. Becky and Charlotte also had, you know, a little bit more forwarding of their storyline. Um, they had a little awkward conversation in the back and, you know, pretty much saying, hey, I didn't know, you know, such and such and, you know, whatever. Becky has to deal with the fact that Charlotte's in the match with her. Um, yeah, it, it's pretty much everything. I thought I thought this was them addressing everyone that freaked out on the internet last week with um with yeah. Becky basically having to share that shine and you know and her birthday with, with Charlotte once again. Yeah, like I also love the fact they were like, look, you know, we're always gonna be friends, but you know, when it comes down to it, we're, we're this whole is a profession. We're trying to see who's the best, but look. Let's, well, we're still gonna be friends. Don't get it crazy. We're not gonna let this ruin our friendship. We're not like Sasha and Bailey. I was, yes. I was like, yes. Be- look, buried. Yes, <laughs> buried. You're done. Put them in a done. coffin. Yeah. Um. So. Also, yeah, we had that also, deal, and you hold, know. Hold on, hold on. Also, like in the match, like the tag match where she gets the hot tag, or Becky gets the hot tag. She gets worn out. Um. Charlotte does a blind tag and then like literally does all the winning by herself while Becky's still recovering like while inside the ring watching it like firsthand and she's like it's almost like she's sitting there like in awe it's almost like uh just just like you just like you will never be as good as Charlotte and you just got to deal with it almost and then like <laughs> at the end later on they they they, they kind of like reach conclusions like yeah man like we're gonna like we might still be friends but like we're gonna have to go at it and like you know, uh, 14 days or sorry, like, like 10, 10 to 11 days or whatever else. So like put time to put the game face on. So I, I really, I really like what they did with them. It's like Chot said, you got to run it. 
you know. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> what up, chat? Um, so yeah. Oh, one thing I didn't have written on our uh, show sheet, Randy Orton. What do you what do you think of these Randy Orton promos? Because I'm just listening to him. I'm like. This just couldn't be like further from like reality. I know I wrote a column last week by Randy Orton saying he pretty much has no like ride or die fan base, but I don't think it's a point where people don't respect Randy Orton, especially while they're cheering him while these promos happen. Um, <laughs> so, but do you think the character's going over well right now? Um, I think time will tell. I think he, I think he delivered it well, and I don't think. Like, granted, like, he is a quote-unquote, or he is basically a living legend, like, especially by WWE standards, right? But, um, and this, but this is more like, but to me, like, this is more like some insider shit where it's like, very. okay, people, people know, people know that Randy Orton is a, is a very, is a very great technical wrestler. However, he tends to not have great matches, and his career wasn't what people thought it could have been based off his athletic ability and his wrestling prowess um, when he was younger. But like he still like, but WWE still pushed him to a certain level regardless because there had to be somebody to be a counterbalance to the, the John Cena run, and like so that's where we are. So like now he's making a history of like people fit people that that really are the hardcore fans think I think I'm overrated. I'm gonna shove this overrated down his throat as disrespect because I'm a heel. And like I mean, we'll see what happens from here. Like I enjoy the way he beat the hell out of Jeff Hardy. There's a lot of I layers that, to you know, it. And, for, and, and I also felt for a person that like historically is known to not be a, a dead fish for a promo. I thought that he gave a good promo, or he delivered a good promo. But you know, we'll, we'll see. I want like, to address he's not, something. He's not even on the show yet. He's not even on the show yet on SmackDown. So we'll see what happens. Uh, at, like, but I, I don't know what happens. Like. I don't really want to see a Jeff Hardy versus Randy Orton feud. Neither do I. Like Jeff, like Jeff looks broken. Like Jeff look like his knees like have dust in them. Like he looks done. <laughs> yes, um, and and you know if I, I there was some chatter on the internet that saying that was like Randy Orton's first good promo of his career. That's a fucking oh, lie. Um, <laughs> so if you tweeted that that dumb shit, go ahead and uh, uh, do yourself a solid and, and delete that. Um, but yeah, like that two thousand. Like hold on, like that two thousand, that two thousand, like the end of the, of the of the authority run with him before he got X'd out or whatever else, like when he was losing his mind over Seth Rollins, like showing him up or whatever else, like yeah. he was excellent on promos. Like you thought, like he was going to murder uh, Seth Rollins with bare hands, like. Nah, so I ain't, I ain't Look, the championship like, ascension promo when he was like he was just looking at everybody around the ring. He was oh, like, I've, yes. I've embarrassed this man, Shawn Michaels, uh, dozens of times. Bret Hart, if if I was bad in attitude, there wouldn't have been no screw job. I just whooped your ass like I'll just you know just going at it. So yeah. if you say Orton can't yeah, talk, like, I, I can't really talk with you, bro. Nah, like granted, he's gotten better and he's gotten he's gotten better at a time when like he's past his peak as a as a main eventer. Yeah, but like. You can't lie and be like, "Oh yeah, he never." He, nah, he never cut any good promos. Like that's why like when people talk about the Undertaker shit, but he never cut good promos. Bullshit. There are a few. There aren't as many as you like. Same for Bret Hart. There aren't as many as you like for somebody right. that, uh, for to be considered that has been considered a le- like a legendary uh, type of figure. But nah, they're there. You just got. They just got to look harder or whatever else. I would say right now at this point, like. I would say he's an average promo given what I've seen in his entire career. I would say he's an average promo. I've seen him do bad promos. I've seen him do good promos. I've seen him do great promos. I've seen him do okay promos. And all equal out to average. Right. Um, yeah, man. 
another thing that we got to talk about this week, our fucking truth. Now, I, I didn't anticipate about talking about our truth. He's been back for a couple weeks uh, on SmackDown on and off. Um, oh, man, this is really tough. Um, <laughs> well, it's not. I like our truth. Uh, James does not. Um, nope. <laughs> so, and then when I saw our truth this week, this didn't make me dislike our truth. This just made me sad. This just made me like, hold on. I don't like. Does this guy not know what the fuck he just said? Or and I talked about this with James. You know, as, as I you know made it clear with you guys, like I'm a musician. I write my own music and all that, and I have been led to believe that our truth may may do the same uh i don't think that wwe was feeding him lines for you know his rap entrance and anything like that but there was a line where he came out here and said can't nobody shuck and jive like me and i bowed my head with eternal shame i listened to this guy in this arena full of white people just happy <laughs> dancing along saying that that lyrics and they're, they're probably just thinking to themselves yeah man truth they, yeah can't nobody shuck and jive like him bro that what explain this how, how do you how do you run that like how do you wrap that 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 line okay uh so I got back into wrestling around the time that our truth when was it almost capital punishment 2011 was that like right before SummerSlam yes like right before Money in the Bank yes okay so I, I like I slowly got into dipping a toe after uh, after WrestleMania 27 started dipping a toe into the WrestleMania thing after hearing the Rock thing like or hearing Rock was going to come back for WrestleMania 28 and I heard like there's a dude named our truth and he's fine for the title he's kind of pretty much the bum of the month for John Cena um, wasn't feeling the John Cena stuff at the time. It was like, oh, 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 this this fake eight mile motherfucker is the champion, and okay, cool. Like, I, oh, I know you hear like, oh yeah, that dude actually sucks. That dude's not a good technical wrestler, but he's just like, he's a really good talker. But he sometimes, but only when he wants to be. Sometimes he's just a corny bad promo. It's like, oh, okay, so this dude just is like, he's just a body guy. Okay, whatever. I was, uh, I, that's my first assumptions on John Cena. I was obviously wrong. Like some some stuff is true. He's 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 never gonna be a technically great wrestler. Like you've seen enough of his matches to know that. You know you know he'll fuck off on promos. He oh, plenty of uh, plenty of times. No matter how many times he's cut a great promo, he'll still go back out there and just give you that goofy shit. So, uh, but anyway, back to the r truth thing. It's like this guy named r truth. Like he used to like he's a rapper slash wrestler or whatever else was in uh, was wrestling around different places. Was in WWE, came back to WWE. This is a little run now, and like he comes out and they're in, uh, I think they're in Richmond, Virginia, and he yes. comes out in a fucking uh, Confederate, uh, 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 Confederate soldier suit, and I was just like, "Yep, I'm done. Like I don't need to see anything else. I don't know who told him to put on that suit. I don't know if he's Jesse Hill he himself put on that suit, but I'm done right there. I don't need to know anything else about our troop. And then you know, he, you know, given that he tad with with Miz and did the whole conspiracy angle and. Austin Truth, uh, and then he can't, he continue having a, a run, but the whole time he's like, "Look, man, I think Miz is a good talker, or whatever else. He can't wrestle for shit, but he's a good talker right now. But like, I don't really care what happens with the whole R Truth thing because I'm off that. I don't give a fuck what happens. Like, 
That's just that shit was just that's trash. Like I just can't deal with that. That's lowest common denominator foolishness. Um, and along the lines, like you know, they had him do. He's he's crazy black man. He's conspiracy black man. Uh, he he has he doesn't he's like the childlike innocence thing, which is like I hate when they do that with minority with minorities on TV in any way, shape, or form. Uh, they've done that with him for years now. That ever since he screwed up what city he was in, he now is like the, the a guy that always comes to the, comes to the building and is always under some some misunderstanding that this is the wrong event or this is the wrong thing or whatever. Wrong so match. a different mass stipulation. Yep. So like I, so like his whole career now for the last like three four years has been that he's a fuck up and a dummy and it's like okay like he getting checks. Whatever he can provide for his family, but like that's that's got to be not be that's got that can't be where it's at, right? Right? Yeah. So I, then, I this is my first time seeing our yeah, this is my first time seeing our truth in a minute, and like he shows up and he does the the you know the acute version of the there's always misunderstanding thing. He's like, look, I want a title shot, Nakamura. So then Todd Dillinger asks him, so why? You know what are you gonna do to get a title shot? The same thing everybody else does to get a title shot around here. B. Carmella, I pop. That was hilarious. Yes, that was hilarious. Right? That was great. Yeah. So then they bring their asses out there. <sighs> he brings his ass out there and does his rapidly rap thing that he does or whatever else, which I can't get. You know, whatever. And. He says he shucks and jives. And he he no one shucks and jives like him. And I thought, God damn it. I can't like I you know, I can't say what I really want to say on live on a live <laughs> mic, but I just, just It rhymes with moon. Just 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 just, just, just disappointed, you know. Very disappointed. Not surprised, but very disappointed. Just cool. So, oh man, yeah. Um, like that's, but, that, but that's your home. That's your dude that you always gave the benefit of doubt to. I, I knew back. I knew back seven years ago not to get that man no benefit of doubt. I'm good. This is this is so disappointing for me because I always rode for our truth. Always wanted him to get a shot, and then I just hear that, and it's like I know no one told him to say that. Like I, I feel like I know, like they know, goddamn better than to say that. Would they, James? Would, I even, would, would they know better? Maybe, maybe not. I've never put none past WWE and their writing Correct. staff and, and Vince McMahon and and, and um and, and Kevin Dunn and Triple H and oh, and um and, and Hayes of what to say or whatever else. Our like, truth, you know, quite as kept like the new, we we've had you know the new day running around here on you know with these camp pancakes for 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 like a while now but anyway yeah um you know i i our, just i just cannot our just truth with him our but truth like, is a you know, 40s I, I don't think oh god i don't think they would think about that but you know our truth said it and they're probably and they probably even like they probably don't even read our truth rest because it's so you know, it's pretty much been a routine for so many years. They're like, oh, okay, you know, change a couple of things that match with the match with like what we where, what town we're in, and then we'll go from there. Okay, cool, fine. And then he comes out and says, "Sucks and jobs," and it, you know, it got it got through the editor. You know, our truth is forty six years old. You a grown ass man, bro. You you should know isn't that he, that that. Isn't he, isn't he a granddad? Yes, our truth is a granddad, uh-huh. I believe. So. We shouldn't like, and I don't want to put it in the, in, the, in a position like we're trying to educate this dude on what the fuck he said. But hey, man, th- 
we didn't appreciate that. <laughs> like, what's up? Problematic wrestling, as yes. always. Yep. Uh, more racist shit uh, here on One Nation Radio. We got to deal with. Great. So briefly, I'm just gonna mention this. Um, apparently, someone thought it was a good idea for them to have the Miz bust down Brian over the head with a fucking vase. Yeah. But you know it was a gimmick face, but at the same time it's like, oh yeah, the guy has concussions and he's gonna bust him aside the head with something with a blunt object. Okay. <sighs> Heat. Yeah. Um I turned the show off midway through. I don't know why. I think I was like working on beast or something. But apparently a, a great tag team match happened. James, you watched that match. So what did you think about it? What did I miss? Um, it was a match with almost you know, like over 20 minutes, like somewhere between 20 minutes and like 25, something like that. Uh, it was, it was like, it made you feel like this was 2017 tag team division wrestling again. Um, it has been too much of that, like since WrestleMania, but like, it, it felt good to see that on the main roster games. Like, obviously like this wasn't like mustache, any mustache mountain on a speed era type thing right now. No, nah, they're not, they're not at that level, at least not yet. But like you were back in the stage of like, Usos versus New Day, um, Seth and Dean versus The Bar. You were back, back to that feeling, and it was great. Like um, I hadn't seen that was like the best match I've seen on the main rosters um, in the two weeks I've been back, and like it by a wide margin. Like that was it, that match reminded me a lot of uh, the Shield versus the New Day from Survivor Series last year, uh-huh. where like they had like they worked they worked really hard, but they had so much stuff jam-packed into this match as far as, like, reversals and moves, intricate things and timing and um, where people are going and, and who's a legal man and that kind of intricate detail that were, like, it's so they're going so fast it's so hard to keep up with everything that, like, you kind of have to slow, they kind of have to slow down because you kind of forget something for a split second so it wasn't as crisp as it could have possibly been, but, like, but it was a legitimately great wrestle, great wrestling match with a lot of thought put into um the twists and turns and how to get how to make the crowd react and want the new day to really win this match and i mean honestly they could have won with whoever with either one of them uh given that match whoever won that match is going to be over would have been more over uh from having won it mm-hmm. um to go into SummerSlam. but it went with the new day and i you know now that you know i'm kind of we're kind of past it i'm kind of glad that they moved new day um i thought they were going with the bar and they were going to go with having them just lay or go into these great matches with the New Day and the Usos, but it would have been weird at SummerSlam to have had a Hill vs. Hill tag match. That sounds like pre-shows written all over that. Yeah. Um, yeah, so while you watch a good match, I watched some bad matches this week. So <laughs> so this week in bad matches in WWE, uh, we had Rowan Reigns against Baron Corbin, where Baron Corbin repeatedly slapped on this, this arm and neck uh, crank uh, no less than three times uh, coming out of commercials and just at random points um, I don't know who thought it was a great idea to give Baron Corbin 20 minutes on national television back to back weeks I might add and and just pretty much dominate Finn Balor and then go 50-50 with Roman Reigns I don't know Jeremy brought up a great point um, if it was me why would they have uh, you know Roman Reigns struggling with Baron Corbin um I don't know, man. Baron Corbin is you know, trash. You know what it reminded me of? Do you remember in September last year when they were heading towards having doing Cena versus Roman Reigns of all things as the as the 
semi-main event for No Mercy. Yeah. And they and they had Jason Jordan go out there with, with, with Cena one week and then Roman the very next week. And he had great matches with both of them. So this is like the reverse. Week. Yeah, it's like okay, so we're trying to we're trying to establish this new guy by having to go against these two top guys and making them look great in the ring because that's his strength. Meanwhile, it's like okay, we have the we have the very first Universal Champion and we have our top guy and we're gonna have going to ring and we're gonna have Baron Corbin going to ring with him them and be completely unimpressive, do all this holding, show that he has literally nothing, literally nothing. And then he has nothing going for him, and they're gonna and nobody's gonna get over because their matches are bad. And Roman doesn't get over, and Finn doesn't get over. It's just, it's just really bad. Like it was, it was really, really bad. Um, I like Corbin. Like think about where we were with him going into SummerSlam a year ago. He's a, he's the Money in the Bank guy, and then he blows it like the week of the or two weeks out, and then like Cena destroys him at SummerSlam. Like like yeah, dude. Like you're not you're not next. You're not on deck. You you are a bottom of the mid car guy or whatever else and then like you f- because you figure all right well he's athletic if he tries hard he'll get better and there's still room for him to get better because you know it's only been one year but like i i haven't seen no improvement over this year from, from what he yeah. was before yeah um if it's not a triple threat match if aj styles isn't in it if Dolph ziggler isn't in it this dude's yeah. struggling on all fronts right now um I think the best thing that he has going for him is the character right now and the, you know, ability that they hand him the microphone and say, hey, get, you know, get yourself over because it's not going to be the wrestling. Um, you know, another new. Okay. Well, think think about the match he had with Nakamura last year. We were just like, dude, what is he doing? He just holding him. Yep. All he's doing is holding him. Like, we're not getting, you're not getting nobody. You're not getting a good match right now. Nobody's going to get over because you're going to make the guy that's supposed to be the person that wins looks like he's going 50 50 with his guy and literally holding him. And then on your end, you're looking completely on prep, so nobody's going to think like you're actually a threat. And it's been a, it's been over a year since it happened, and we're, he's still doing this. Well, somebody looks like they're just getting it started now is Mojo Raleigh. So a guy that I've you know thought might have something, right? It's clearly not in the ring. So what they had uh, was him and Bobby Roode go at it. And Bobby Roode has been wholly unimpressive on the main main roster from SummerSlam last year. This man literally, as Chad, we were on his show, the last uh, relevant night of his professional wrestling career was NXT TakeOver Brooklyn last year. After that, the man might as well have dropped into the ether. Um, They Mojo Rawley sat with a reverse bear hug on the ground for... It seemed like three fourths of the match. It was Dude, one I, of the worst matches I've seen all year. Like, and this was like a level underneath the Corbin Reigns match, which I thought would be yeah. really hard to get through. Don't they fucking know the G one is going on? Don't they know I could be watching and spending my time doing so much better shit? What was this supposed to do? And then they fucking beat him. And then <laughs> and it's like Bobby Roode looks like a plate of piss. And you know that man's going nowhere as a character. What are they doing? Why are they insulting us with this shit? I don't know, man. Like all I know is like we just had this conversation about Corbin. How he has nothing in in the ring. Like Mojo has has you know he has some career. He has some um. He has some charisma when he talks, um, and like when he was doing the 
what started what, what kind of like in retrospect kind of like makes you kind of didn't like him even less is what started that wave of those uh smackdown handheld camera promos right like he cut one good one in his garage now all of a sudden like they, they adopted like a month it or, for like two months that was like the new wave just is walking around the halls in the back through catering and shit look fuck the multi-million dollar production uh company that you have like we just gonna use these here cell phones yeah why why because uh because a prelim guy is out here uh cutting uh fiery promos right so you get past that and like yeah he's a he's a really good trash talker He's a or he's a good trash talker that shows some prom, shows lots of promise on the mic. He has even less than Corbin in the ring, even less. <laughs> which is like, yo, I not here for yeah. it. That ain't it, bro. I, you know, like you know, it, it's WWE, and you know they've done a lot. They, you know they've done a lot more with a lot less from from guys or promos that don't have a match in the ring. So you know, maybe they can figure some out with him. But like, I think I think they started him so low down the totem pole that like it's gonna be real hard for him to like reach say say even like uh i'm not saying he go he could be the miz because one he has a better he has a better body than the miz and i don't he probably could get to the point where he could be that kind of promo whatever else but like he can't get that act like miz has going for him because he looks like a tough he looks like an athlete and a tough guy right. in a way that miz doesn't which kind of makes you know, kind of it's the rub for Miz and makes it work. He's like, bro, you ain't tough, but you got this belt. Oh, I hate your guts. Like, at least you know, so you can't get that kind of like heat on it on um on Corbin or oh, not Corbin, but uh, um Raleigh like that. But I think they started him so down far down the totem pole that like I don't know if he can climb himself over the top. I don't think his mic skills will ever be able to overcompensate for where he is in the ring right now. Like he's gonna, he's gonna have to improve in the ring to get to where he wants to go. Right. Period. Um, enough talking in the world to get over that. Another awful match that they dared put on national television was Titus O'Neil versus Razor from <laughs> from the AOP. AOP, I feel like they're done. Uh, these guys didn't show up for months. Then they show up and they're locked in a war with Titus Worldwide, having singles matches. And I think Jeremy made the joke. What up, Jeremy? They're trying to figure out which AOP member they're going to push when they break them up. And <laughs> they, they're literally, they're going nowhere as a team. Like, they, the, the Raw uh, tag team division is a lake on fire, um, as demonstrated by the teams that are going to be having that triple threat match next week. Um, Matt Hardy's body is literally done. Bray Wyatt is an is is absolute casualty of creative and his own, you know, limited gimmick. Uh, the B team, they changed their theme music, which everyone was into and caused outrage. And the revival, bruh. Fuck the revival, um, like, like, like they ain't done nothing, bro. Like, so it's just like, why is AOP not in the title picture? Why are they stuck with this guy? Uh, why are they doing Titus O'Neil versus Razor on national television? Like, this is the WWE style that everyone rails against. Those three matches right there. This is it. When we say, hey, we hate watching these chinlock matches, these boring matches, these lumbering slow dudes, this is it. Like Michael Jackson, okay. this is it. So so I'm going to do something that like I don't think I've ever done on this show, right? Now, you, you correct me if I ever have, right? And during the Attitude Era, the Holly Vonta Era, day, if you go back and watch, it's like, wow, all these matches are like that on Raw, like run, like three minutes and then there's a fuck finish or there's a, a run in and there's never there's very few finishes right 
at least, at least when Russo said no one gives a fuck about wrestling while they're watching a wrestling, uh, a wrestling show, at least when he knew that match that matchups were going to be bad or no one was going to give a flying fuck about these matchups or whatever else, at least he got in there and, and kept it short. So we can move the fuck on. All these matches happen like that's I I can't believe like I can't like those those matches on Raw uh, this week were like I can't believe they got me out here giving a halfway a half compliment to Vince Russo of all fucking people. Unbelievable! I, I can't say I've I, ever heard you say that, James. Yeah, I, yeah. And also, they did yes. Zelina versus Lana, which was better than last week, um, but still not good. And but the good thing is they did keep that relatively short. But they that may be more of a function of SmackDown rather than <laughs> if it was Raw, it would have got double the time. So if that was Raw, look, if that was Raw, that would have went through a commercial break. Like, there's no reason neither of them need to be wrestling uh, at this point because. Why does Lana need to be a wrestler? She's always been great on the mic and as a manager. Zelina is an awesome manager. We're not here. For I don't this. know. I don't get why they're not doing mixed tag with both of them, where they're both in there for 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 spots or for for a little you know little moments here and there. So where that's they for can SummerSlam. Pop the crowd because like Lana can get Lana has some heat behind her and she can like you know do a basically a comeback on or a hot tag on Zelina, like. Or they, or they can have Zelina come out and get some heat on Rusev. Like, that would be a better use for them than them to actually go out there on their own and do this. And you can still do the whole thing where there's ascension and they're on the rocks with the uh, the whole Rusev day uh, threesome is on the rocks by having uh, by having Aiden English come out there and, and, and fuck up. Like, they can still do that. But I don't know, like, they decided to do this and it ain't been good. Zelina versus Lana. My God. <laughs> WWE, you booked these four four matches. This is your fault. All right. Now, last week, we told you we were going to give you an NXT segment, but we either forgot or just changed our mind at the last minute. So we're going to give it to you this week. We both watched the show. Uh, James, what did you think of uh, NXT this week? And what made um, you start watching this? Oh, well... You know, dude has a title. I, I have to like, I have to see how the fuck this. I have to, you know, follow that Which to make dude? sure to like, you know, we get to Brooklyn and that is off of him somehow, some way. And you know, <laughs> NXT has a track record of you know giving fans feel good moments in a way that WWE um, by and large hasn't over the last few years. So I, I, I have, I have faith in them that they'll do the right thing. Um, so oh, I, I just want to follow the story. Uh, in a way, because you know, honestly, I was I was going to follow the story ever since Dude came back after uh, Philadelphia, but you know, a lot there's a lot of WWE programming, but I mean, you know, I'm in a better spot now where I, I don't have to. There's no basketball or no football right now, so I, I can go after and watch NXT. So I, I'm back in, and also you know, Keith Lee showed up this week, and I knew he was coming, so I thought you know, this is about this is time to get into it because after after. So, or sorry, after SummerSlam, you know, a few of these people are coming up to the main roster, so it's kind of like better be better. You better watch them while they still doing good stuff because they're about <laughs> to be on TV for once or twice and then be gone like Ember Moon. Yes, you know, completely missing, so, uh, not showing up well, uh, for months like Andrade San Almas. Um, not yeah. not actually being booked in pay per view matches like Drew McIntyre. Um, <laughs> not even oh, being used uh, like Sanity. AOP. 
Yeah, sanity. Just just showing up and getting beat and discarded. Like, common trash. Um, yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, and then also Matt Riddle's coming to NXT uh, relatively soon. Uh, we saw Matt Riddle uh, a little bit over a year ago um, here in our local uh, federation. We also saw him over WrestleMania weekend. This guy's an absolute superstar. Should be, you know, at the top of whatever, you know, show he ends up on. Whether it's NXT at the beginning, uh, he should be in a running for being the top guy there. Or if he goes to Raw or SmackDown, if he gets the shot i don't know how his talking is but he's definitely got everything you want in the ring especially with the legitimacy the look like this dude is like the one of the coolest dudes like when you just see him it's like damn i like that guy and if you don't you're a hater like <laughs> yeah do you think he needs to um i know mean, i know you had a big thing on guys you know unless they're like Pacific Islanders, they can't be barefooted. So, like, <laughs> so what do you thought? So, you think Riddle needs to, you know, go, like go to Rod of Rusev and finally oh, put on some man. shoes or, or what? So, for Riddle, I think it works, but eventually, they're. I think he will. I think, it, but, but he'll have to yeah. put on some like like thin type shoes or whatever. Yeah, because I'm telling you, by the time we get to one of these money in the bank matches, he's gonna have to do or ladder matches or something ridiculous, or elimination chamber matches. He's gonna have to have some shoes on. Yeah. Uh, so, so take me through NXT this week, James. What happened on the on there? Okay, so if I remember correctly, I mean, I, I I'm kind of blanking on the chronological uh, the chronological order right now. But I know they started with uh, a yeah, match with he, Nikki Cross. So, yes, that's right. Nikki Cross started started uh, in a match with this woman named Amber Nova. Yep, I've uh, seen um, her and Shine a couple times. Yeah, I, I, I thought she, I, I thought she was, in, I figured she was any talent. Um, yeah, like she's ripped to shreds, or whatever. But Nikki Cross, uh, they had a they had a bit of a back and forth match. She, uh, but Nikki ended up, you know, flashing a lot of the the crazed look. Um, kind of amused because uh, she's crazy, of course. And then she, you know, she eventually uh, she she finished her off, and then that went on with her day. Uh, you know, they they talked about they brought up the fact they were going to do um, in dry not in dry day they were about to do black versus Gargano in the main event. Uh, yeah. They built towards that throughout the night. Um, I'm trying to think what came on second after that. After that, we had oh, I think they had, yeah Ricochet oh, come out. Dream. No, no, no. Uh. Was that was that next? Was that what was next, or was it the, the Rick Gold coming into Dream's world with uh with EC3 and Dream? I think it was the the EC3 uh, deal. Yeah. So that shit was hilarious. It, yes, it was. It was so Memphis. It was so <laughs> budget Memphis. First off, you know the, the whole thing was talk, uh was Dream came out and said you need to come come to the Dream's world. So I'm thinking it's about to be you know. Nah, lavish, you know. Nah, bro. It's about to be, it's about to be like, you know, dream about to be in like masterpiece gold, gold ceiling, ceiling house, right? Yeah, they, he nah. about, he about to be a king yeah. and coming to America, like, bro, nah, bro. They apartment in complex. complex. Yes, they, they out about a poolside arena, but an apartment complex, like in bro, Florida, like. You, you, you can say all we want to about how much we love NXT and and uh, how much they keep things simple and they remember things. Oh, this simple, all right. The wrestling is. <laughs> However, when you have a rest, we have somebody that is the personality that is the Velveteen Dream, and they say kind of my role. You gonna come to my, you gonna come to my turf, and then 
the the one you know a top one percenter like EC3 says I'll come see you and they're not like it's on lavish plates they're in an apartment complex this shit looks so low rent WWE if, if, if that had been the main roster they would have been in a nice place yeah so they're so so we so all the shit we talk about the main roster they would have done this one right so then they go and cut back and forth and cut back and forth they reminded me of the, of what we've been talking about earlier throughout the day which was like. You can tell there were so many cuts in this and, t- and multiple takes in this that this was just like that video that is floating around of Safari and yeah, Ray J, Ray J. Uh, doing their fake their fake ass reality television show over this conversation, and they can't even their editing team sucks so bad that like you see Ray J's ha- uh, co- uh, uh, hood beanie is in multiple positions every time they cut back to him, and I counted six different uh, I counted six different uh, beanie uh, head spot or uh, positions on it. This reminded me of that with all the cuts they did, and then when they cut to uh, when uh, Dream's glasses fell off, and they cut back and they changed the position of the camera, like they did multiple takes to get uh, Dream into the pool. I was like, oh yeah, this is really. It was fun, but nah, you. This is. I'm glad this is on developmental slash third brand television as opposed to on cable. People have been like, this is some real hokey shit. This has got like a Shawn Michaels versus Rick Martel vibe um, to me. Um, <laughs> with these two guys, these are, these guys are essentially two pretty boys uh, running it. So um, I, I, I got a question for you. Yeah. Did you did you did you sense the the homoeroticism that was that was like rising off of these two when they were together? <laughs> Talking about like, I came I came to meet I came to meet you. Yeah. <laughs> like what? <laughs> So, um, um, yeah, man. The music, the, the, the bad, terrible, like porn type music that was going. Oh, on. they play the that every time. That. They play that same music oh. every time Velveteen Dream has some type of like vignette or something. That's the same music they use every time. Boy, like that. That look. That that sounded like you. Never mind. I'm not even gonna say my joke. I'm just gonna leave. That'd be too much personal information. But nah, that that was real. That was a real. Yeah. That was some that was some real real raunchy stuff. Like yeah. if, they, if that's the kind of thing you're into, I imagine you know you were you I you say cranked up. That's I guess the way you put it. So um, I saw a thing. It was like up next we got Ricochet wrestling. And I was like yes, gonna see a Ricochet match and all that. All of a sudden you know yeah. they hit Ricochet's music and he's coming out there and they got the little spotlight and all that. I'm like hell yeah, we about to see some flips. Then these four motherfuckers from Undisputed Era show up uh, and then all of a sudden they cut the lights back on. It's like why won't they leave Ricochet alone? Like <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I thought it was good. Yeah, I like they I got me. Adam Cole's promo. Like he's referring to himself in third person, which is like such so, so classic douche, right? And then he says, "I'm not a coward. You're on the ground. I'm the one standing." And then, great job by the announce by the announce team by commentary to point out, you is real. It's real easy for you to talk this kind of shit when you got four guys. When it's four of you and it's just one of him, I thought that, I thought it was a great point to mention that. Maybe he is on something with this. Why calling him a coward? Yeah, maybe he is. I, I thought that was really good. Yeah. So, um, I thought that, I thought that was done nicely as well. So we it was short and sweet too. Yep. So we, after that, we have Vanessa Bourne uh, backstage. James, uh, w- w- was that her? Oh God, here you go. <laughs> um. So it, it, yes, Vanessa Vanessa Bourne would classify as as one of those is that that could be her. Yes. The the the, the James Boyd all the, the 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 James Boyd all stars. So. <laughs> 
Well, you, 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 you explain to them what that means. I'm sitting here over it. Like, you know, I'm too black to be, to, to, for you to see me uh, blush, but yeah. So the James Boy All-Stars is a thing I just kind of like, just named it out of thin air. But, um, you know, any, anytime you see like, uh, kind of like a, a woman with like long, kind of curly, nappy hair, uh, you know, and kind of, whether it's light skin, maybe like dark skin, fair skin, anything like that. Uh, that I, I usually would say, "Hey, James, is that her? Is that the one, bro?" And you know, and, and we. And, 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 and it ain't about the light skin as much as it's just the hair. Like you could put that kind of hair on a mop, and I'd like it. But yeah, yep. go ahead. So yeah, James Boyd, all star of Vanessa Bourne. So uh, she was, you know, and she's calling herself the Vision. That's great. I, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> um. I, after that, we had uh, uh, Cassie Sono. Well, Go ahead. I, well, she didn't have the vision for wrestling. Not yet, anyway. <laughs> it's rough. Um, yeah, we had Cassie Sono versus this dude, Adrian Jajude, uh Or Jadude. I don't know how you say his name. But this guy has been on the Largo Loop and all that. And this guy, Adrian... I think- I, I, we heckle the fuck out of this guy every time we see him. Why? Because he's a fucking karate... He's a karate man, right? Why the yeah, fuck is he doing wrestling moves? Why y'all giving? Why y'all giving? Why y'all giving Ball uh, Ryu beef, bro? Like he came out there looking like the Street Fighter. Yeah, and, and, and then he started wrestling like he didn't start uh, wrestling like one. This man came out here with, with these classic wrestling moves. It's like, hey man, can yeah. we see some strikes? Can we see some type of karate moves? You are a black belt, and, and, and you ain't even attempting a karate move. I'm glad he got his ass whooped. Yeah, man. Um, New gimmick, bro. If you ain't gonna I, use I'll the gimmick, change it. I'll say this, right? If this had been the main roster, you tell me who would have won that match. Wow. <laughs> there is not there there is not there is not um a chance on God's green earth that if Vincent Man if that was Vincent Man's uh book that he looks at uh that Drew dude and then looks at Cass Ono and says, you know what, Ono's going over in a in a pretty, you know, in a in a very short match. Ain't no way. Yeah. And the rock Ain't means no way. no way. Also, if I was booking this company, the next thing, uh, next match was Keith Lee versus Marcel Bartho. I would have not had oh, uh, yeah. Keith Lee selling out here. Uh like like he yeah, for the, for this dude like this. There's another guy, Marcel Barthel, um, that is on a Largo loop that's starting to get on TV now. Um Decent wrestler, uh, n- nothing wrong with him or anything, but nah, bro. Keith Lee's supposed to be a superstar. We're not about to be going back and forth out here. We're about to have Keith Lee looking impressive. Uh, did Keith Lee look or, impressive? I mean, he did a lot of things. That, I mean, he's done stuff that we, you know, we've seen before from him um, because we, you know, we've seen him wrestle before. But like, if you never seen him before, be like, wow, this three hundred pound dude can like can get up, can move, or whatever else. Like, wait till they start seeing that man doing like. You know, flips. doing backflips and shit. Yeah. Like, but when he did the when he did the up when he went the the up the get up get down uh, drop kick thing that was really impressive. Like the double chops, obviously that's always impressive. Like he's gonna impress a lot of people when they start to actually get to see more of the stuff he can really do in the ring, especially like with the kind of talent he's gonna be in the ring with the NXT. Like he's, you know, I don't think I don't think he'll be the NXT champion. I don't. I think he'll be. Uh, Kind of like in the what range would I say he'd be in? Like a North American title, or maybe like yeah, just like I, I, he, I he's those, a guy that yeah. gets a gets a singles match at takeovers. Like that's a an attraction I, yeah. for what he is. Yeah, 
like I, I think he gets I think he's the guy that gets like the second or third uh singles male match in, in, on a takeover. I think he's that level. Yeah. But I I mean, he might he might maybe get one one title shot in the takeover, but like I don't think he'll but I I don't think I don't see him as the NFC champion, but I see him as somebody that will be that might be a contender once or twice on a on a on a taping or on one show, whatever they try to promote it, and he's a challenger for that month because they can't come up with anything really that, you know, or because they're trying to push it down the champion. Like I can see, I could definitely see Riddle versus um, versus Lee, like at Brooklyn Five. Well, or not, it won't be Brooklyn Five, but LA One or whatever else they yeah. do whenever they go, whatever they do at SummerSlam next year. You know what I can see? Lee Sullivan what? be there. <laughs> oh God, yeah. Yeah, I can see that definitely happen. That might be his first uh, takeover match. Oh my God! Know. Yeah, I, I'm excited to see Keith Lee uh, and them get their uh, their training on him and get him on you know whatever type of diet they're gonna get that man on because it's nothing like he he has a unique look and you know there's nothing wrong with being big like that. But eventually, like just for like how old Keith Lee is, like cause he's not the youngest dude in the world. Um, yeah. Just seeing if he can get in a little bit better shape. I, I'm excited to see what they can do with him. Uh, and now he gets like he's that coaching and weight. everything like that. I, even Kevin Owens had, even Kevin Owens had lose weight, lose weight. So yeah, it don't matter how much you can go, how long you can go for. Like this is an aesthetic business. And this is also the most aesthetic uh, obsessed company in the entire world or major one in the world. So he's going to have to drop some weight. Yeah, like Kevin Owens dropped weight, he put it back on, he lost it again. But Keith Lee's got to lose weight to to get where he wants to go in in, in this company. Yeah. So, flat like out. That, I mean, I think I think I, I'm I would hope that you know either he's come to that realization when he signed with them, or they expressed that to him, or they both came to understand like when they came together to do this that like yeah we're gonna you we we're gonna have to have you lose some weight for for both for for us to make this work for each other. Right. I, I will hope that happens. Right. Um, Ty Narakansi and uh, Vanessa Bourne had a match, and it was just a match. Um, okay, so Ty Narakansi is still doing the double uh, black belts, right? She's still doing that, huh? Yeah, apparently. I don't get it. <laughs> you, come out, you come out with the gi on, with the black belt on, and then you take off the gi, and then you got a black belt, and then you just two black belts. Yes, double like, black belt on you, boys. It, it is like, okay. But neither one of these belts are holding your pants up because these are black belts. These aren't actually like a real belt. These are black belts to show that you know how far you are, you are, how how much you have mastered the craft of whooping ass, right? So I don't understand. Either leave both belts on, or have one belt. Is this that hard? Oh man, they they got to figure something out because it just looks weird, especially when they're doing with the karate <laughs> stuff. Like, and your and your boy are. Uh, and your boy Bald Ryu, he wrestled with the belt on. Yeah. But he had, well, he didn't have two belts on. He didn't take off his gi, his sleeveless gi, Street Fighter, and then and then have another one underneath that. So no. funny thing is, you know, they're both Brazilian. Um, they are in a stable, or they were in a stable, with uh, Cesar Bonini on the Largo Loop. So if they get, you know, put together, maybe they he can give her that belt advice and, <laughs> and get everything right. Uh, but after that, you know, we had the main event, Aleister Black versus Johnny Gargano. Uh Oh, quite a big match for regular NXT television, but uh, throughout the year they've they've had big matches on NXT television. So if you guys aren't watching NXT uh, and you're watching Raw and SmackDown, you are doing this WWE thing all wrong. So like like you need to watch NXT at this point. Yeah, that is the thing, right? 
for everybody that's frustrated with the main roster product and you feel like they're not having matches that are caliber that are a caliber of the kind of talent they have on the main roster, and I agree that is the case. However, WWE is WWE is not really concerned about having great matches, and, and honestly, you look at the the sixty something year history of the company, they never have been. They just happen to have them occasionally, and then they you know and they you know they go by what they they go by whatever their history is to, to push. Um, there it is one match being great this match that was really great or whatever else like that is that person's shining moment or whatever else are shining moments um, but anyway if you are if you are unenthused by the main roster product I suggest that you check out NXT because the stuff they do on the, on that on that show generally most you know generally speaking they give you big matches because you know they only have one pay-per-view every three or four months. So they give you big matches. Their matches are all they're, they're big time matches unless they're doing something like um, tonight where they're trying to set up an angle for Brooklyn. Like they're generally their main event matches or their big matches. They're kick ass. Like last week, for example, they did um, they did uh, Shayna Baszler versus Candice LeRae. That match was great. Um, well, I, I won't say great. I would say very, very damn good. Um, and. You can expect you can expect to get one or two of those from any te- from any NXT you watch episode, especially in the last like this year in particular. Yeah, like a like month ago they had a five star match on TV. So <laughs> yeah, so like this is so like you know if you you know you feel like it's too much you know it's too much wrestling with the five hours of you have to dedicate to the main roster shows or whatever else. If you are frustrated. Take a break, trial NXT, it's a shorter trip, whatever else, or just add NXT over as, as basically like your dessert for having to sit through all of that broccoli and celery and carrots and, and, uh, Peas. and turnips. Yeah. And, and, and rutabagas and, yeah. Yeah. And, uh. So, uh, Alistair Black and Johnny Gargano, that being said, they went to a no contest where uh, Chamba got involved at the end. Um, and basically, it was the angle it was laid out to be a triple threat match but recently the news has come out that Alistair Black has suffered an injury I believe he has some type of groin injury that's going to sideline him and they are um, gonna run Johnny Gargano versus Tommaso Ciampa for the NXT Championship James is is that this, official or is that just I mean I would think that I would assume that but yeah, I mean that's the next logical step yeah yeah absolutely like, but, well, I mean, I, like, like I, I, I saw someone float float an idea out, and like throw Riddle in as the third man and have Riddle win the belt or whatever is a shock night one. Run it, like, <laughs> and that shit would make that man be a superstar immediately. Um, or you can do. Uh, I feel like uh, Hell in a Cell. Anybody like <laughs> is, is is that too much to ask? Or have they already just just exhausted all the no rules matches? Because you, you, you would think they can't just ha- go out there and have a regular singles match, right? I mean, they could. Oh yeah, they I mean, could. It still, and, it, and, it, and it would still be awesome. It's just like you know, you can't. It's kind of weird to be like. It's kind of like you know, you're doing a, the feud in reverse where you go like, okay. Unsanctioned match, first match. What was the second match? What, what, what stipulations on that match? Um, another. Uh, was shit. it false kind of anywhere and shit like that? Okay, the first one was unsanctioned. The second right. one was just no holes barred. I think. No, okay, no holes barred, and then this week, oh yeah, regular rules. Like yeah, you're doing the absolute reverse, but 
I mean, so if they if that's what they plan on going with, they're about to do something else. And you know, Hell in a Cell would be a nice option. Um, they could always do the Last Man Standing. Oh, yeah. uh, they should do an I Quit I, match. I Quit match. Yeah, I was just about to say it. Yep, I Quit match. They could do. Yeah, I mean, they could do Candace on a pole. Um, they could. <laughs> they could put Candace on a ladder. They could do a ladder match for Candace. Um, oh, I'm trying to. I'm trying to look. Look, you over here. You over here uh, being funny. Whatever. I'm over here trying to like. I'm trying to launch Candace Array's babyface career off on the right track right now. I'm trying to get her in the ring with like. I'm trying to get her in the ring and be like, you know, a solid person that you can build on the car. I'm trying to have her be the number two star in the women's division or number three star in the women's division right now. I'm trying to get this built back up to where it once was with the, with the horsewoman right now. And you out here trying to be funny and say, Yo, you need to be a side act of Johnny Wrestling from right now. Nah, we need to get this Candace Wrestling off the ground, goddammit. Candace is awesome. Like, if you saw that match last week and if you saw her in the May Young Classic, you know that she can go. Or if you ever saw her do her inner intergender stuff with like, um, Joy Ryan and the tag team match she was doing mixed match uh, matches like you know that she can wrestle so that, that needs to be something that they need to push her they need to push her to the forefront of NXT like after whoever is um, on Brooklyn that is, like graduates the main roster she needs to be the people that she needs to be the next people like the next in line to help step up yeah I feel like it's gonna Keep like going. she, she's gonna eventually get her a chance whenever Bianca becomes a champion like that's gonna be the person that Candice is probably gonna have to uh, go through so uh but yeah man that's pretty much gonna wrap the show up man um and this is one's gone a little bit longer but hey we got good stuff for y'all to share and listen to hopefully we were entertaining this week uh make sure you guys check out everything else on the so suplex podcast network as i mentioned you guys know about all the shows but we definitely need your ratings and um everything like that james you got anything else uh before we get up out of here this week no nah, i ain't got nothing man yeah, man. So, uh, but I will. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Uh, I will check out uh, some of these G one matches that I've been like have been building up on my queue that I need to just get through or whatever. Because we were actually going to talk about it, but it was a time crunch where I didn't have a hour before NXT to talk about um, Sonata versus uh, Night Sonato Naito or or Omega. I'm sorry, Omega Naito or or you know Ishi Omega. I, I had a chance to do any of that or Ibushi um, Naito. None of that. So we'll. I'll, 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 I need to catch up definitely. Yeah. Um, what else did I have? Um, damn, I totally forgot what I had. Uh, Are you gonna talk about the lineup for the rest of the week or no? I think I did that. Oh, May Young Classic. That's it. So we're gonna try to get. Um, we'll, we'll have a May Young Classic uh, preview show out. Uh, they did do the. If you want to see all the competitors, um, they did it on their YouTube, introducing everybody uh, that's in the uh, tournament. So we're gonna try to do a preview probably this weekend uh, and try to holler at um, Sierra to see if she wants to ju- um, jump on and give us a rundown on some of the uh, competitors that we don't know. Uh, besides that, um, that's gonna wrap up the show. Thank you guys for listening we are out peace later thank you for next listening time to just one shake. nation radio we'll see you next time